The title of my sermon this morning is The Little Dogs. Today I want to talk to you about the little dogs. The little dogs. Matthew chapter 15, verse 21. Matthew chapter 15, verses 21 through 28. This is what it says. Then Jesus went out from there and departed to the region of Tyre and Sidon. And behold, a woman of Canaan came from that region and cried out to him, saying, Have mercy on me, O Lord, son of David. My daughter is severely demon-possessed. But he answered her not a word. And his disciples came and urged him, saying, Send her away, for she cries out after us. But he answered and said, I was not sent except to the lost sheep of the house of Israel. Then she came and worshipped him, saying, Lord, help me. But he answered and said, It is not good to take the children's bread and throw it to the little dogs. And she said, Yes, Lord, yet even the little dogs eat the crumbs which fall from the master's table. Then Jesus answered and said to her, O woman, great is your faith. Let it be to you as you desire. And her daughter was healed from that very hour. Father, speak to us today by the power of your word and spirit. We pray in Jesus' precious, holy, mighty name. Amen. In one place, Jesus said to the multitudes that unless you humble yourself and become like a little child, you will in no wise enter into the kingdom of heaven. But in this place, Jesus is saying to this woman, you've got to humble yourself and become like the little dogs. This woman had to humble herself not to become like a child, but to become like a little dog in order to enter into the kingdom of heaven. And I believe today God is calling us to become like the little dogs. What we find at the end of this passage of Scripture is that Jesus commends this woman and says to her, Great is your faith. Great is your faith. This is one of only two places in which Jesus commends someone for having great faith. Matter of fact, he marvels at the unbelief of the Nazarenes. Jesus is constantly surrounded by unbelief, but to this woman, he says, great is your faith. And I don't know about you, but I would love to have the kind of faith that this woman has. Do you realize that faith is an extremely valuable commodity. Yeah, 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 yeah. I was talking to an Uber driver last week, and uh, he asked me what I did for a living. I love riding on Uber because I always get to share the gospel of Jesus with my Uber driver. And the Lord always makes that possible. I never try to set the conversation up myself. But it's easy for me because I do this for a living. And so whenever they ask, what do you do for a living? They always ask that question. Say, "Um, I'm a pastor, and I lead a church. And uh, the gentleman said, oh, wow, really? I said, yes. He said, oh. He was not expecting. I think a lot of people who don't go to church, you realize only 4% of the Bay Area goes to church. So 96% of the people in the Bay Area probably have an image of what a pastor looks like, and he's definitely not wearing a hoodie. I heard a guy yesterday, and he said, he said, before I went to church, he said, I didn't want to go to church because what I expected was shag carpet, you know, and like super, super centennials and, and uh, like 
really old school music, you know, like that's, that's what I expected. And he said, and then I got to church the first Sunday and it was exactly like that. He said, like, the first church I visited was exactly that, you know. And uh, he said, uh, he said so, so you're a pastor? I said, yes. And I said, do you ever go to church? And he said, no. He said, I'm an agnostic. And I said, oh, okay. I said, you know, I think agnosticism is a, a very honest position, much more honest than atheism. I think atheism is pretty dishonest because you would have to have searched the entire universe and not found God in order to honestly be able to conclude of certainty that there is no God. And even then, that's only the physical world. You have no access to the metaphysical world, but that's another subject. So I said, I think the agnostic position is, is very honest. And he said, really? He said, because, uh, you know, when I grew up in Catholic school, uh, they told me about God and I asked the question, where did he come from? And they said, he was always there. And I said, always there? That's not a good answer. And he said, I realize in order to believe in God, I need blind faith. And I wish I had it, but I just don't have it. And I said to him, well, actually, I don't believe in blind faith. I said, if it required blind faith, I wouldn't be a Christian either. I said, matter of fact, we have to deal with the concept of eternity because something was always there. If you talk to the scientists and ask them, where did the stuff come from that created the Big Bang? They'll tell you it was always there. And matter of fact, Richard Dawkins suggested that an alien from another planet came (laughs) and deposited something. I mean, what is more rational? To believe in an eternal God who was always there? Or to believe in eternal rocks and dirts? Or aliens? Something was always there. And he said to me, that's a different answer. <laughs> Maybe if they would have said that to me, I would have had a better chance of believing. Wow. And what I heard in his voice was, I wish I could believe. I wish I could have some faith. When I see people who have faith, I envy them. I w- and even whether you're an unbeliever or a believer, you probably have seen someone with great faith and envied them. Yeah. Now, if we yeah. look at this woman that Jesus deals with, at the end of this whole episode, he says to her, woman, great is your faith. Yeah. Which means that if we follow the trajectory of this woman, we can arrive at great yeah. faith. If we look at the way this woman approached Jesus and dealt with, and, and, and approached Jesus and responded to Jesus, we can discover the keys to great faith. How many want great faith this yes. morning? Wouldn't it be awesome to have great faith? That'd be awesome, wouldn't it? Yeah. Now, if you look at the situation, what you discover is that the content of the great faith of this woman was actually in her ability to absorb offense and to keep pursuing Jesus despite many offenses. There were actually three offenses in this story. First, Jesus himself (laughs) ignores her, but she keeps on seeking. And then secondly, those hypocritical disciples of Jesus, those church folk, rejected her but she keeps on seeking. And then Jesus himself insults her. 
but she keeps on seeking. And when she's still seeking after being ignored, rejected, and insulted, Jesus says, you got great faith. Because I don't know about y'all, but Jesus ignores me. Forget you then. <laughs> what do you do when somebody ignores you? You try to talk to somebody and they ignore you? Yeah. Isn't that just the worst feeling in the yeah. world, just to feel ignored? Yeah. You're just talking to somebody and they're just like... Yeah. <laughs> just pretending that I don't hear words you're saying. At a certain point, you're like, forget you then. Yeah. Fine, you don't want to talk to me? Fine. Oh, so you think you're better than me? <laughs> And Jesus is like, yes. <laughs> and then the disciples openly reject her. I mean, imagine this. She's crying out after Jesus and then crying out after the disciples. Can you please talk to Jesus? Can you please get him to, to listen to me, please? And the disciples right in front of the woman go up to Jesus. Will you please tell this woman to get out of here? For God's sake. She's driving us crazy. She's crying. Look at her. She's crying, pulling our robes. This one, just get her out of here. If you're not going to heal her, if you're not going to heal her daughter, just tell her to get lost. Those disciples had zero patience. Yeah. Yeah. Those hypocritical Christians, that's why I don't go to church. <laughs> Shoot, I went to the church and I got hurt by the Christians. Yeah. And that's why I don't believe in God. Mercy. That's why I walked away. That's why I said, I can't believe in this because I was hurt. By the Christians. First, God ignored me because I prayed for something and he didn't answer my yeah. prayer. God ignored me because my mother was sick and I prayed and my mother died. God ignored me because I wanted a job and I prayed and I didn't get the job. God ignored me and then the Christians rejected me. Yeah. I went to the church, but they talked behind my back. Wow. Yeah. I went to the church, but I got caught up in the politics. I went to the church, but I didn't get accepted there. I went to the church, but I didn't fit in there. I went to the church, but nobody talked to me and nobody greeted me. Nobody invited me to lunch. I went to the church, but I felt rejected there. And that's why I can't believe in God because wow. of what those Christians yeah. do. Yeah. And then Jesus insults her. Calls her a little dog. I was troubled by this passage for many years. I mean, I would read it and say, you know, this is the word of God, so it must be true. But God, I don't get it. You ever, you ever read passages of scripture and come, it's like, I don't get, Lord, when I get to heaven, you're going to have to explain this one to me. Because this is cold. Sometimes Jesus is just cold. I mean, cold as ice to call this woman a dog. And then when she passed the test, great is your faith. He, she becomes a woman again. Woman, great is your faith. A minute ago, I was a dog. Now I'm a woman. Yeah. You know, the question I have is, why would Jesus treat her like this? Yeah. Why did Jesus ignore her? We don't have to ask why the disciples rejected her. They just had no patience. They didn't get it yet. Yeah. But Jesus? Yeah. Why did Jesus ignore her? And why did Jesus insult her and call her a dog? I think we can discover the answer. When we look at this passage of Scripture, we see that the woman was a Canaanite woman. She was not Jewish. She was not in the covenant. She was not religious. She knew nothing of the God of Israel. She just heard that this guy, Jesus, works miracles, and she approached him in her best Sunday garments. She dressed herself up and tried to pretend that she was a daughter of the covenant. Uh, 
She put on Jewish clothing, and look what she calls him when she comes to him. Lord, son of David. Son of David, as if she's a child of the covenant, as if she's one of the children of of Abraham. Son of David, she's identifying him as the Messiah and saying, you're my Messiah. She's pretending to be in the covenant, thinking, if I dress myself up and come to God in a certain way, maybe he'll hear me. It's like you've been sinning all week long, but what do you do on Sunday morning? You put on your eight-piece suit. And you come to church, amen, praise the Lord. You got your big, ginormous King James Version Bible. Praise God, hallelujah. Hallelujah. And then you're lifting your hands in the sanctuary. Son of David, but you've been out just serving the devil Monday through Saturday. And all of a sudden on Sunday, suddenly you got religion. Yeah. If there's anything that God hates, it's pretension. Wow. Yeah. Jesus ignores her. In actuality, if you look at their trajectory, everything that Jesus did was designed to reduce her to lowest terms. To break past all of her pretension and get her to simply come as she was. You see, so often God allows us to go through trials and tribulations in our lives, not because he doesn't love us, but because he does. He says, I want to give you the breakthrough that you desire, but first I got to break past all of your pretension and all of your inauthenticity to get you to just come to me as yourself. You don't have to pretend to be in the covenant. If the woman would have just came and said, look, I'm not in the covenant, but I need help. And I I just, I'm hoping you're merciful. I don't deserve it. I've never served you. I've never served your father. I've never dealt with the God of Israel. I don't know anything about you. I've never given a tithe. I've never given an offering. I've never served a ministry. I'm not a member, but I need help. Jesus, would you help me? I think if she would have just come as she was, without any pretension, without trying to, 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 to sanctify herself or make herself look better than she was, Jesus would have immediately healed her daughter. Sometimes we don't know that we're pretending. That's true. Yeah. We don't know that we're putting it on. We're trying to act like we're more than we actually are. And we do it with one another all the time. You see somebody and they got it all together. When you see them and you tell them about your problem, they'll just try to fix you. That's how you can tell when somebody's actually falling apart on the inside because they'll never tell you what's wrong with them. I'm just here for you. And so you come to me and you tell me about your problem, but I'll pretend that I've never struggled with anything of that sort. You know when you, when you find a real authentic person, when you tell them about your problem, they go, dude, I totally get it. Yeah. Matter of fact, I've been there. Matter of fact, I'm going through something right now myself, yeah. and I don't know how I'm going to make it through. How about we encourage one another? Yeah. Yeah. It's me. It's me, oh Lord, standing in the need of prayer. Our trials and tribulations are designed to break through our pretension and to bring us to a place where we just come to Jesus as we are. And that is the most powerful kind of prayer. The most powerful prayer you can pray is the kind of prayer that is completely non-religious. 
It's just you coming to God as you are, not putting any $50 religious terms in it, just a God, this is what I'm going through. This is who I am. This is what I'm feeling. You know, my wife's testimony, and I told you this a couple of weeks ago, my wife's testimony when she was out there partying, I told you this last week, she was out there partying and she was drinking and getting drunk and, and, and snorting uh, cocaine and, and all of that stuff and partying all night long, but then she would come home and she would open up her journal and she'd read a chapter out of the Bible and then she'd write in her journal, Lord, I'm here and I'm drunk again, sorry. I've been snorting cocaine all night long, my bad. But if you want to change me, you got to come change me because I can't change myself. That is an honest prayer. The honesty to say I'm going to keep coming to Jesus even through a million failures. Pride is when you stop coming to Jesus because you failed. That's pride. Because Because it flows from the lie that you've got to be good enough to come to Jesus instead of recognizing that Jesus is the only one who's good enough. Now, if we look at the passage, she comes to Jesus and says, Lord, kurios, son of David. She's probably quoting some Hebrew. Baruch Shem Adonai. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. And Jesus is like, talk to the hand. I ain't trying to hear all of that. And then she's crying out to the disciples, and the disciples are like, Lord, send her away. And Jesus says, I was sent only to the lost sheep of the house of Israel. Translation, I know who you are. I know you're not who you're pretending to be. And then she comes and worships him. She falls at his feet, proskuneo. She worships him, proskuneo. The word proskuneo in the Greek is the word that means to fall, to lay prostrate. She prostrates herself. It's a physical position of worship. The second word for worship in the Greek, latreia, it means to serve. And the two have to go together. If you don't have the second one, latreia, to serve the Lord every day, then the first one is false. It's fake. Falling at your face when you haven't walked with him and served him on a daily basis, falling at your face is false. And that's where he says to the people of Israel through the prophet Isaiah, says, I've had enough. I've had enough. I don't want to hear. I don't want to see any more of your sacred feasts. And I've had enough. Rend your heart and not your garment. I want what's on the inside of you and not what's on the outside of you. I'm not looking for an outward posture. I'm looking for an inward posture of the heart. Man looks at the outward appearance. God is looking for the heart, at the heart. All I'm looking for is just somebody to just come as they are. I was sent only to the lost sheep of the house of Israel. Translation, I know who you are. And she still doesn't get it. Jesus calls her out and she still doesn't get it. Sometimes that veneer of pride and flesh is so thick. And that's when the Lord has to insult her because insulting her was the only way to break through that veneer of pride. Wow. Ignoring her didn't work. The disciples rejecting her didn't work. Jesus, in it, listen how Jesus says, I, he says it to the disciples and not to her. I've come only for the lost sheep of the house of Israel. He's hoping she'll get the point and go, Oh, he realizes I'm not one of the lost sheep of the house of Israel. Yeah. My costume didn't work. Yeah. I came putting on a Christian costume and it didn't work. Yeah. Maybe I should just drop the charade. But no, she doesn't get it. Yeah. Then she runs and falls at his feet. Proskuneo, Lord, please help me. And finally Jesus says, it is not good to take the bread for the children and throw it to the little dogs. Mm. And she goes, yes, but Lord, sometimes the little dogs eat from the big dog's dish. (laughs) 
No, that's not what she said. <laughs> she says, Lord, even the little dogs eat the scraps that fall from the master's table. Now she's got it. Yeah. Yes. She finally acknowledges, I don't deserve this. Yeah. I have no claim to this. Mm. You don't owe me anything. Yeah. But do you have any mercy? Do you have any mercy? Do you know what offense does? Offense causes us to live with the inherent belief that we are owed. When I carry offense, I am owed. When I carry offense, if I'm offended by you, I carry the sense that you owe me something. And I walk around, and when you're offended by God, you walk around with the sense that God owes me. Why? Because there was something that God should have given me in one season of my life that he didn't give me. He owes it. And if I'm ever, if God is ever going to have a chance of getting with me, he's going to have to settle that debt. <laughs> you hear people say all the time, I'm mad at God. I'm mad at God. I'm mad at God. And you just don't get it. Because what we don't get is that when God expects us to absorb offenses and continue to seek Him, what we don't realize is that that is exactly what He has done for us, wow. only at a much higher measure. Shoot. Yes. <laughs> Think about it. We offended Him. And He came and died for us. Think, think about that. Think, think, just think about that for a second. Imagine that your spouse cheats on you. Your spouse offended you. Yeah. But what do you do? You go and absorb punishment for your spouse and then take him back. Your spouse doesn't pay. You pay. Wow. Does that even, can you even fathom that? Do you realize that that's what the cross of Jesus Christ means? Listen, I got a little dog at home. First thing, my little dog is immune to offense. You snap at that little dog, do you think the dog goes away? Fine, I ain't talking to you no more. You can ignore that dog half the day and she'll still be standing. Little tail just wagging. She will still seek you. But you know what? When my little dog pees on the floor, do you know what I do? I get paper towels and I absorb it. Yeah. Wow. Yes. Do you know what our sin is? Our sin is like we peed on God's floor. Wow. And do you know what the cross is? The cross is the paper towel that God wow. used That's to absorb good. it. Yes. He absorbs it and he keeps on loving us. Wow. Yes. He absor and he knows we're going to pee on his floor again tomorrow. And you know what he's going to do? He's going to absorb it. And you know, sometimes when my little dog pees on the floor and poops, and sometimes she has a, she cleanses her colon on the floor sometimes. It is out of control all over. Oh, oh, I mean, not in one place. You got the pads out, right? Come on, come on. How can you miss it? The pad is like five feet by five feet, and it's over there to the left of the pad, to the right of the pad, to the north of the pad, and to the south of the pad, but nothing on the pad. How did you miss the pad? And sometimes I get frustrated. I'm like, how could you do that? But my anger is but for a moment. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And my favor is for a lifetime. Yeah. 
I can look at that. Why did you do that? Come here, you little cute. You're so cute. I can't. Why? Because I made a decision to love you. And making a decision to love you means that as much as you pee and poo on the floor, I've got plenty of paper towels to absorb it. I've always got more paper towels to come and absorb the mess you made. Yes. Eric Clapton, in 1969, fell in love with his best friend's wife and then wrote a song about her and then stole her from his best friend and then married her. And guess what? This is the craziest part of the whole story. No. His best friend remained his best friend. If you could understand, if you could even begin to fathom what it would take for his best friend to absorb all of that offense on the inside of himself and extinguish it on the inside of himself so that he could continue to feel love for Eric and continue to show that love to him, then you can begin to understand what Jesus did for us on the cross. Because when we carry offense, it's only because we've forgotten the enormity of our offense against God. And the enormity of the forgiving power of Jesus. And what it cost Him to absorb all of our offenses in His body on the cross. And to pay the penalty for our sin. And once you come to grips with the enormity of our offense against God, every one of us, every one of us, yeah. and how Jesus absorbed all of that, yeah. and then loves us unconditionally. So that when you come to Jesus, he's not waiting with a laundry list of your sins and saying, finally you're here, I can finally tell you everything you've done to offend me. Let's start in 1971 when you, when you were born. <laughs> Six months later, now we'll go to 1972. <laughs> but instead, he takes that whole scroll yeah. with all of our sins yeah. and he absorbs it into himself yeah. on the cross and he extinguishes it. Wow. And after he does all of that, imagine Eric Clapton going to his friend years later after his friend absorbed all of that and saying, I'm offended by you. Eric's friend calling, how come you're not answering my calls, Eric? Because I'm offended by you. I'm mad at you. You're mad at me after you stole my wife and I forgave you? (laughs) That's what it's like when people say, I'm mad at God. You're mad at God after he absorbed all of your sin on the cross and extinguished it in himself and loved you on the other side of it and washed it away and never remembered it anymore. And you're mad at him because you didn't get a puppy or a car or or a new job or something like like you're mad at him. Offense will hinder you from entering into your destiny. And the question is, how do you know when offense has hindered you from entering into your destiny? Well, here's the question. Are you offended? 
then a fence is hindering you from entering into your destiny. <laughs> because there is no way to carry a fence and it not hinder you from entering into your destiny. So how do we absorb a fence? Well, the answer to that question is easy. You can't. Not by your own power. Yeah. With man, it is impossible. Yeah. If you're here today and you realize that you've got unforgiveness in your heart and you can't let it go, you're right. You can't let it go. And if I were here to tell you, you just need to let it go so that you could come to Jesus, I would be putting a burden on you that neither, neither me nor you could yeah, ever bear. Yeah, 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 yeah. None of us could ever bear that burden. Thank God that the gospel invitation is not forgive and then come to Jesus. Yeah, 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 yeah. But the invitation is come to Jesus and he will give you the power to forgive. The only thing you have to do is make a decision not to allow offense against God to prevent you from coming to God. My daughter has a, um, a hair trigger for offense. She's at that age, you know. I mean, I could sit with her. Last night I sat with her. She came to me and she came to my office. She said, Daddy, she said, I want you to teach me video editing. I said, all right, come on, sit down. And so we opened up, you know, the program that I use for editing, and I start working through a tutorial with her. And, and she said, specifically, I want to know how to take two different camera angles and, and make them into one multicam clip and switch back and forth. It's awesome, no problem, let's do it. And so we're working on that, and then she goes, oh, Daddy, I want to know how to make music on GarageBand so I could put background music in my voiceovers. I said, all right, I'll show you. So we open up GarageBand, and we start on that, but I look at the clock, and it's after midnight. I'm like, baby girl, it's after midnight. Let's not start with a new thing. Let's just finish this one. And that was it. Yeah. I lost her. <laughs> and all of a sudden, she storms off and goes in her room. Blah! Slams the door. You know what I realize? That's me with God. And can I say, you know, I'm preaching this message to you, but uh, I, I'm almost embarrassed to. Because this is an area that I struggle in continually. You know, I was up in Wenatchee, Washington. And uh, Friday night, I preached at uh, Sage Hills Church. place was packed to the gills. These were the, the, the warmest, most welcoming, most loving white people I'd ever seen before in my life. <laughs> I mean, Wenatchee is not predominantly white. It's all white. Yeah. I was the only non-white person in the entire city while I was there for those two days. Maybe that's why everybody was so nice to me. <laughs> but literally, I mean, the whole time, I, it didn't even dawn on me yeah. until I was leaving. Wait a minute, I never saw an Asian, a Latino, a black person, an Indian, nothing. Yeah. And, but they were just so nice and so welcoming. And I preached there Friday night, and they just soaked up. They just received everywhere. They were just sucking the gift out of me. Just received yeah. it, received it. And I got to the end of the message. Before I even did the altar call, the, a guy ran to the altar and threw his shoes off. Because I was talking about Moses, take off your shoes. Yeah. 
and the dude ran to the altar and two shoes just went flying in opposite directions. And he fell down and starts weeping and bawling. So God is obviously moving in the place. And then literally, probably 75% of the church rushed the altar at the end of the service. And they're just going after God. It was just, and I was so disappointed when it was over. (laughs) Yeah. Because, you know, I expected more of God. (laughs) I mean, Lord, that's it? (laughs) Yeah. You know, I mean, nobody got healed. Yeah. There were no demons cast out. Some lame person should have walked. At least a blind person to see. And I was battling this disappointment, but I knew in my own heart, Benjamin, you're not thinking right. This is not right. I knew it wasn't right. Yeah. But I still felt it. Yeah. I still felt disappointed with God. And I was like, Lord, how could I be disappointed with you? I mean, if you never do anything through me, I don't deserve you to do anything through yeah, me. Yeah, 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 yeah. But I don't know how to work. And I, I, I literally felt rejected by God. Wow. And I went back to my hotel room and I was just so discouraged. And my wife called and she's like, how did it go? I was like, it was all right, I guess. And everybody was coming to me after the service going, oh, that was so powerful. But here's what I heard. I'm saying this to make you feel better because it really wasn't good at all. That's what I felt. That's what I heard. Just want, I just want you to be encouraged. I'm like, thank you. Thank you. If I can just disappear and get out of here, I'll be okay. And so you know what I did? I sat up, I sat up until after midnight, and I just said, Lord, my thinking is wrong. I'm so sorry. I don't know why I'm disappointed with you. It doesn't make any sense. Number yeah. one, I have no clue what you did. What you do is your business. Yeah. How you use the word is your business. Yeah. How could I hold yeah. you to my standard and say, yeah. well, what you did is not up to snuff? And, yeah. <laughs> you know, you, yeah. didn't, you didn't fulfill my expectations? Wow. God, what's wrong with me? I don't know how to stop feeling this, but God, I'm just by faith saying that what I'm feeling is wrong. And I reject, I reject it. I'm not going to embrace this. And I just kind of battled it all night long. And I kept saying, Father, I delight in you. I thank you for what you've done. I delight in you. I delight in you. I delight in you. And, and, and I fell asleep battling that discouragement and that disappointment. And then I woke up in the morning feeling awesome. It doesn't mean you never feel offense toward God. And it doesn't mean you never feel offense toward others. Yeah. I can guarantee you this woman felt offense yeah. when Jesus ignored her. Yeah. Felt offense when the disciples rejected her. Yeah. Felt offense when yeah. Jesus insulted her. Yeah. The only difference was she just kept on seeking. Yeah. And that's really the only question. Yeah. Are you going to keep on seeking? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because if you can seek God through your offense... If you can come to him and submit your thoughts to him, even if you can't stop them, but you yeah. can submit them. Yes, yes, Lord, I'm yes. thinking this and I know it's wrong. I yes. know it's wrong. Yes. You've yes. got to learn how to judge your thoughts and even your emotions when yes. they're not right without trying to make yourself feel something different because yes. now you're, you're going to become schizophrenic. You know, yes. you'll drive yourself crazy yes. trying to make yourself stop. No, stop feeling that. Stop, yes. fe- stop it. You're feeling it. That's wrong. You will drive yourself crazy. No, 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 no. I'm just honest about where I am, God. I'm feeling this. I, I acknowledge that I'm disappointed with you and I should not be. I don't know why I am. Yes. I can't change me, but God, I trust you to change yes. me. I'm just coming to you, God. I'm still going to come and I'm yes. still going to seek you and I, I'm going to become like the little dogs. Yes, yes, yes. And if you can be like the little dogs, they just keep running to Jesus. 
You know, my dog, no matter what, when I get home, she starts running around in circles. She's so happy. She runs up on the couch, and it's like you could see her. She just can't, can't contain the excitement. Yeah, yeah. She runs up on the couch. <laughs> Does a little Holy Ghost dance. <laughs> and then I step inside the, the, the family room area where we keep her, and she runs and gets in her house and hides and looks at me. <laughs> and I reach and I just, and she just goes crazy. That tail's just whipping around in there that she runs out and she jumps up on me, just dumps down and does a few more circles. She is so, sometimes she gets so excited, she just pees a little bit. <laughs> I said, that's a pee of joy. <laughs> I still got to clean it up. <laughs> no matter what. No matter what, I'm going to keep coming after you. Yes. No matter what, I'm going to keep seeking you. Yes. And if you're here today and you do not know Jesus as your Lord and Savior, my only admonition to you is simple. Don't let offense keep you yeah. from coming to him. Yeah. Don't let the offense of what he didn't do for you or the offense of what Christians did to you. I talked to so many people say, I was a part of a church and it fell apart. I was a part of a church and the pastor ran off with the secretary. I was a part of a church and one of the elders took the money of the church and took off. I was a part of a church and this happened to me and I was rejected. I had somebody tell me I was a part of a church and they told, they spread rumors about me throughout the church. All this lie that I had, I was in love with the pastor's wife and, and, uh, and uh, I had to leave the church because this rumor was so strong and, and I walked away from the Lord for years because of that rumor, because, because that happened. Listen, sometimes Christians do the stupidest stuff. Yeah. Yeah. But the thing we must remember is that Christians are not Jesus Christ yeah. himself. Amen. Yeah. And the difference is that what Christians did to you, they did out of their ignorance and stupidity. But what Jesus does... He does it with a purpose. Wow, yeah, yeah, yeah. Because when he ignored this woman, he ignored her with a purpose. And when he insulted her, he insulted her with a purpose. Meaning that his goal at the end of the day was to move her heart into a place where he could give her the desires of her heart. Yes, yes, yes. Bow your heads with me this morning. Worship team, if you would come. Lord, I thank you today that you're in this place and that you love us with an everlasting love. And Holy Spirit, I pray that you would settle in upon every heart and bring an impartation of truth and of understanding. Lord, there's some in this room today that have been battling offense in their heart. And I pray against any condemnation because oftentimes when a word resonates, the enemy jumps on it and brings condemnation. But Lord, today we just reject the power of condemnation. But instead, that there would be a spirit of authenticity. And that that spirit of authenticity would simply cause me to come to you saying, Lord, that's me. That's me. And simply to make the decision, despite my offense, I'm going to keep coming. Despite my offense, I'm going to keep coming. I'm not going to stop. I'm not going to stop. Maybe there's somebody here under the sound of my voice. Offense has kept you out of the kingdom. Mm 
Maybe there's somebody here under the sound of my voice and you've said in your heart, yeah, I would be a Christian if it wasn't for those Christians. If it wasn't for what they did to me or if it wasn't for what happened to me. Maybe for years you've allowed offense to keep you out of the kingdom. But I've got good news for you this morning. I want you to know, number one, that everything that you have ever done to offend God's holiness, Jesus absorbed it on the cross. All of your sins, everything that you have ever done, Jesus absorbed it by the cross. But not only that, but whatever offense in your heart would hinder you from coming to Jesus, He absorbed even that. And if you would simply hear His voice today and open your heart to Him and say, Jesus, I'm not going to allow offense to hinder me any longer, but I'm coming to you. If you open up the door, He will come in. If you open up the door, He will come in. Now, this invitation is not for you. If you already know Jesus, if you've already received Him, you don't need to respond to this again. But if you have not received Him, I'm talking to you today. You say, I don't know Jesus as my Lord and Savior. First thing I want to say to you is, I'm so glad you're here. If you don't know Jesus as your Lord and Savior, but you still came here today, you stepped over a major barrier, a major hurdle. I'm so thankful that you were willing to take the step of coming into this place. And I want you to know that we are honored to have you here today. And I believe that there's an opportunity for you today to open up your heart to Jesus and let him come in. And if that's you, you just simply say, it's just a simple step. Once again, it's not about making a commitment to be perfect. It's simply making a decision to take a step toward Jesus. You're here today, you say, I'm ready to take that step toward Jesus. I'm ready to come to Him. I'm ready to step over whatever offenses have kept me out of the kingdom. Would you just lift your hand where you are? I see that hand. I see that hand. You say, I'm ready to come to Jesus. Man, I want us all just to pray this prayer together with these two individuals that have lifted their hands. Just repeat this prayer out loud. Say, Father, I come to you in the name of your son, Jesus. And I thank you that you took everything I've done to offend you. And you absorbed it by the cross. I receive your forgiveness. I thank you for your grace. Lord, today, I ask you to help me. Help me to overcome offense. Not to be hindered by it. Not to be stopped by it. Not to dwell on it. But to remember that all of my sins are greater than what was done against me. And you still forgave me. And you love me unconditionally. I receive your love. I receive your blessing. In Jesus' name.